Lord, we repent if we haven't forgiven anybody or we're harboring something in our heart towards somebody. We cannot take unforgiveness or bitterness or anger into 2020. That is not going to be the precedent for our lives. So right now we choose to get our hearts right. If our hearts aren't right, you cannot carry this into 2020 because things are accelerating. Things are getting faster. The sands of the hourglass are speeding up. And we're on the verge of the greatest revival, the greatest outpouring, the greatest blessing, the greatest transfer of wealth from the wicked to the righteous. And Lord, we cannot let anything, anything, anything hinder us from entering into the land of milk and honey entering into the covenant blessing which is ours so Lord we repent right now that's what you should do right now if you have anything in your heart toward anybody or anything if there's unforgiveness if there's bitterness if there's anger if there's resentment man just right now you know I did that yesterday with tears I was in my living room late at night before I went to bed and I said I got on my knees with tears in my eyes and I said Lord if there's anything if I haven't forgiven, I forgive. You clean the slate. You know, you've got to wipe the slate clean because the Bible says that when you repent and you ask God to forgive you, He casts our sins into the sea of forgetfulness. He casts them as far as from the east to the west. He didn't say from the north and south because there's a north pole and there's a south pole. So He said from the east to the west. Clean, clean slate. Forgive. Forgive. Whatever season you're in right now, if it's a season of difficulty, it'll pass. So don't make foolish decisions based upon the season of hardship right now that you're in. Man, that's good word right there. Don't make, a, don't make a foolish decision based upon the season of hardship. That season of hardship is going to pass. I said that season of hardship is going to pass. Woo, that's good news. And you know what? God wants you to forgive another person if they've done something to you for your sake, not That's their right. sake. That's right. Hello, it's for your sake. So did you have a clean heart, a pure, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Those with a pure heart and clean hands. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I did not feel like coming to church this morning because I've been a little under the weather. <laughs> But I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. So I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to church because I'm going to live what I preach. Hello? You don't feel well? You come to church anyway. I'm going to preach on healing. Hello? And then we're going to make a declaration. Hello? Yeah, you, you know the way you start out in 2020 could set a precedence for the rest of the year. So I'm going to come in here and I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to praise. I'm going to preach. I'm going to prophesy. I won't be laying hands, but I'll be preaching and praying and prophesying. <laughs> oh my gosh. Isn't that what you do? You come to church anyway. Even if you got to lay down in the back because you, you hurt your back. Or if you're in a car accident within 24 hours and you come in with crutches. You come in. The only time is when you're dead. <laughs> Thank you for that enthusiasm this morning. I just want to tell you. Hello. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All the time you don't come to churches when you're dead. Unless we're doing a funeral. That's the only time, right? Praise God. The Lord is <laughs> the Lord is good. Because it doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter what we feel like. It doesn't matter what the bank account says. It doesn't matter what the job is doing. It doesn't matter what people are doing. We belong to the Lord, God Almighty. And He's merciful, and He's kind, and He's gracious, and He's forgiving. And He's our healer, and He's our deliverer, and He's our way maker. He's the way maker. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. Can you say amen? Stay in the game. Don't fall out of the race. Stay in. That doesn't matter what people have done or what they're not doing, what they've done to you, what you're doing to others. <laughs> Stay in the game. Hello. You have relatives, but this is your family. I said you have relatives, but this is your family. Oh, Brother Jack, is that scriptural? Yes, because Jesus' mother and his brothers were outside, and some of the disciples said, Oh, by the way, your mother and your brothers are outside and they want to see you. And Jesus said, Who are my brothers? Who is my mother? Those that do the will of God. They are my mother and they are my brothers. So you have relatives, but this is your family. Hallelujah. There's nothing like the Word of God and like the presence of God. You cannot live without it. You won't make it. You won't make it without it. Hallelujah. So did you get your hearts right earlier? If you haven't gotten your heart right, it's a good time to get your heart right. Don't let unforgiveness or bitterness or anger be a precedent by going into this year. It's important. It will set a precedent for the rest of the year. Did you know that your point of offense is your point of failure? Your point of offense is your point of failure. And the offense that you have towards somebody doesn't tie them up, it ties you up. It ties the blessing of God up. It ties financial increase up. And then blindness comes. And then you cannot see because of offense. You cannot see truth. You cannot see the truth. And then you begin to wonder why things aren't working out because it's a condition of the heart. The Bible says the man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And if the heart is the root of the problem, that is where God can do His greatest work, is in the hearts of men. I think so many times people make a decision in the midst of their circumstance, in the decisions that they make, because they're blinded, they cannot see. You know, we were talking about this earlier. People aren't having foresight. They're not seeing into the future of their lives the decisions that they make. They're living in the moment. They're always living in the moment. Because you have to understand that there's a never decision that anybody makes that doesn't affect the lives of others. And you don't have a right to reap from somebody else's bad seed. Do we reap from people's bad seed? We do. Laws are made because one person did something. Laws are made because 12 people hijacked airlines and drove them into buildings, and now the rest of the world is affected by 12 people. Nobody has a right to reap a harvest from you if they've never sown good into you. The proof that a bad harvest has come is because of bad seed sown. That is proof. That is proof. But no one has a right to reap a harvest from you if they've never sown good seed into you. Do not hold the pleasurable people of the present for the painful people of your past. How many times do we hold the pleasurable people of our present for the painful people of our past? That's the reason why it's so important that you start 2020 clean slate, clean. Don't take yesteryears into the future. If you want 2020 to be different, then 2019, 2018, 2017, then you have to do something different. You can't keep going 
and doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Watch this and expect a different result. It's a form of insanity to keep banging your head against the wall and expect a different result. Your associations will make you or they will break you. Because the Bible says you become like the people you hang around. I am not a pastor that's ignorant of the trials and the tribulations and the situations and the people that you have to deal with in the world. I'm in the security business. One thing that I've even noticed, even at what we're on the fifth day of January, so far I've, even, I've noticed the crazies have come out. I am not kidding you. They are out. Why is it that the Tampa residents, drivers, didn't make a New Year's resolution of driving better in 2020? Here's a New Year's resolution. I will drive better in 2020. No, I don't think anybody has made that a New Year's resolution. But I will tell you that the year has started off with a bang. I've already booked three meetings in churches for revival services already. And uh, I thought to myself, my God, these pastors are starting to call me now. They must be desperate. They have to be desperate to call. We need revival. Call Jack Myers. Oh, man, we're desperate. So next Saturday, we will be at the Vine Church, which is Zephyr Hills. So it's going to be 9.30 Saturday morning. I would love for all of you to come and help support that. That would be great if you can. I will post the address on my Facebook page. Yeah, you're going to Lockney, Texas to do a three-day revival. And then we're going to be going out to Oklahoma, and there's two churches out there. And we may be going out there, and then Pastor Marie's going to the Dominican Republic in February. So the prophecy that I prophesied, that January, you know, February, right around there, would be a start out a little slow, and then when it hits by March, April, May, kaboom. I mean, it's like pedal to the metal. So it may start out just a little slow, that kind of thing. But it is very, very important. I cannot put an emphasis on this. That you start 2020 with a clean slate. If you have ought toward one another in the congregation, please forgive. Get it right. Suck it up, buttercup. You're in the ministry. Come on. You're Christians. Suck it up. We had to tell some ministers last night that contacted us in another state that were having some issues and all that kind of stuff. And I just said, suck it up, buttercup. The Bible says the servant of the Lord must be willing to be what? Wronged. Must be willing to be wronged. You must be willing to be wronged. Amen. And you will be wronged this year if you haven't been wronged already. <laughs> I was going to tell you. If you haven't been wronged already, give it this week. This week, I'm sure. You, everybody's pretty much back to work and everything. And you get to drive in the traffic that's just so wonderful here in Tampa Bay that has massively increased. It's massively increased in Plant City, the traffic. Holy smoking coals from the altar of God. Determine this year that you're going to live differently because if you want the year 2020 to be different, you have to live different. You have to act different. You can't always do what you've always done because if you always do what you've always done, it used to be said you'll get what you've always gotten, but no, that's not true. It'll get worse. I've been hearing some of the prophets speaking. We did get the chance every year to hear the prophets speaking, and they're saying the same things about 2020. Actually, I heard another minister who was a, who was a genuine prophet said, that it will be like the land of milk and honey. I said, well, gee, that sounds like what I said in September. Praise God. We'll be entering into a land of milk and honey. It'll be a, a great wealth transfer. Finances will go up. We'll, the economy would be doing great. And I'm going to declare, and I need your declaration, and I'm not prophesying, I'm declaring. I'm going to declare that the United States will not be hit by another hurricane this year. Amen. 
The United States was not hit by a hurricane last year. It kind of went up the coast, you know, kind of curved out. There was a curveball thrown because of the Michael, the warning angel, kind of blew on it. Praise God, amen, and it just blew. Come on, hello, somebody. Make a declaration. Amen. We're going to make some declarations today because it's important we make declarations today. You have chosen wisely to be in church today. You are starting your ear off right. That's awesome. That is awesome. Hallelujah. Open your Bibles real quick to the book of Hebrews chapter 7. Hebrews chapter 7. This will be a year that you will, you will have to be doers of the word and not hearers only. It's important that we are doers of the word and not hearers only, regardless of the, the circumstance. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1 out of the Passion Translation says this, Melchizedek's name means king of righteousness. He was the king of peace because the name of the city he ruled is the king of Salem. Or actually, Salem is also known as Jerusalem, which means peace. And he was also a priest of the Most High God. Now, I was recently had a conversation with a Muslim who used to be a Christian. Actually, he's been struggling, and he was struggling between Christianity and Islam and Islam and Christianity. And one of the things that he had asked me, and it was just very interesting, he came out of nowhere. I mean, I never met the guy before. He came out of nowhere and just started asking me. He said, are you a Christian? I said, I said yes. He said, can you answer some questions for me? I said, I, I think I can. I mean, I'll try the best. I can. So he had a great difficulty in understanding that Jesus came from Judah, the tribe of Judah. But the priesthood came from the tribe of Levi. So he had great difficulty in understanding that if Jesus was our priest, why did he come from the tribe of Judah and not the tribe of Levi? And, of course, I told him that he was greatly confused about all of this. Jesus came from the priesthood of Melchizedek, which was actually 400 years before the Levi. And then when Jesus set it up, you had Moses and you had Aaron. And so the Levitical law and the Levitical priesthood came from Aaron. But Jesus did not come from that Levitical priesthood. He came from the priesthood of Melchizedek. And that's what Satan does. He twists things, he kind of things like that. It makes you question, well, if Jesus is the most high priest, then why didn't he come from the tribe of Levi? Because it was the Arianic covenant. It was not the Abrahamic covenant. Amen. So you have to remember that Jesus always came from heaven's point of view. He didn't come from an earthly point of view. He came from heaven's point. That's the reason why you should read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to understand who your father is because he said in the book of John, if you've seen me, John 14, if you've seen me, you've seen the father because Jesus is the express image of our father. So whatever you see Jesus doing, that's how your heavenly father is. He's obviously a quite good daddy. Can you say amen? So he came from Melchizedek. Melchizedek <clears throat> actually being in office. Aaron stood in the office of priests. So Melchizedek, according to the God, is an office in which Jesus stood in. So watch what he said. Melchizedek names king of righteousness. He was king of peace because the name of the city he ruled was king of Jerusalem, which means peace. And he also, the priest of the Most High God, now when Abraham was returning from the defeating of many kings in battle, Melchizedek went out to him and blessed him. Then Abraham took a tenth of everything he had won in the battle and gave it to Melchizedek. So he gave it to the office. See, Jesus' body, we are Jesus' body, so that when you tithe, you're actually putting that tithe into the hands of Jesus because we're Jesus' body. Now watch this. I know that over the many, many years, over the last 2,000 years that the church has been, there have been pastors and ministers who have not done right. But that does not affect you in your giving and in your tithing. It affects that minister because God holds each and every one of us accountable for what we know and what we don't know. 
and how we act and how we don't act and what we do according to the covenant was, that was cut with the blood of Jesus. Satan will attack you greatly in your weakness. He's not going to attack you in your strength. So whatever your weakness is, that's where he'll attack you. And he doesn't play fair because when you're down, he'll kick you when you're down. So therefore, you have to become strong in your weaknesses and stronger in your strengths. But when you are weak, he is strong because his strength is made perfect in your weaknesses. This Melchizedek has no father or mother and no record of any of his ancestors. He was never born and he was never died, but his life is like a picture of the Son of God, a king priest forever. Now let me show you proof of how great this Melchizedek is. Even through Abraham was the most honored and favored patriarch of all God's chosen ones. He gave a tenth of his spoils in battle to Melchizedek. So this is related today. Sometimes some of you are fighting in your jobs. You're you're warring in your jobs. I mean, you're it's blood, sweat, and tears. You're, you're making great sacrifice. You're actually spending your life every single day to get a paycheck at the end of the week or every two weeks. You're spending your life dealing with people, dealing with your boss, dealing with persons, dealing with the community. And what happens is because the economy is so well right now, a lot of us are working more hours more things. Our bosses are putting demands on us so that by the time Friday comes around or Saturday comes around, we're so exhausted, we're so tired, and then we don't want to go to church because we're so tired and so exhausted. And then what happens is this. The church and the leaders of the church get blamed for everything. Do not blame Jesus. Do not blame the church. Do not blame leaders of the church for the chaos that's in your life that you may or may not have created. You have to be very careful where that blame goes. I'm serious. You cannot, you cannot, call, you cannot blame your pastor, pastor's wife, the staff, or anybody else, and God himself for the chaos that it could be in your life that you may have created yourself. There's always a shifting. Everyone wants to shift blame off instead of they want to look at themselves. Even Al Capone, when he was arrested, he said, I don't understand why people are trying to kill me, why these people are trying to arrest me, throw me in jail. All I do is provide a service for people who want it, and I'm just servicing their needs. I'm not a bad person. Al Capone said that. I don't know why they're trying to arrest me. Why are they trying to arrest me? I'm, I'm, it's, a, it's supply and demand. That's all this is. It's just, they're demanding, I'm supplying. I'm just providing a service. So we have to be very, very careful. And that counts for all of us. It's all of us in this. Remember, the precedent that you set in 2020, at the beginning of 2020, will take you through the entire year. So that's the reason why it's important that we get right. It's important that we make the adjustments. It's important that we forgive. It's important that we are not offended. It's important. You will carry that, and it will set a precedence for the rest of the year. It's true. He goes on to say, even though Abraham was the most honored and favored patriarch of all God's chosen ones, he gave a tenth of the spoils in battle to Melchizedek. It would be understandable if Melchizedek had been a Jewish priest, for later on, God's people were required by law to support their priests financially because the priests were their relatives and Abraham's descendants. But Melchizedek was not Abraham's Jewish relative, yet Abraham still paid him a tithe. Melchizedek imparted a blessing. See, the, you have to understand that it's not just tithing without a blessing because God has to have a seed from you to get a harvest to you. Let me say that again. He has to have a seed from you to get a harvest to you. Why? Because God himself cannot do anything and everything he wants. He can't. He can't violate his word and he can't violate his principle. So if he said, as long as there is a heaven and as long as there is an earth, there will always be seed, time, and harvest. So God cannot change that. Man, for years, I, I, I never liked it when somebody said, well, God's in control. No, he's not. He's not in control. Because if God was in control, 
All the 1.5 million aborted babies in 2019 would not have happened. All the wars that have taken place and the rumors of wars would not have taken place. Any destructive earthquakes that killed people would not have taken place because he's not that kind of God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. It is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. He's good. Amen. Now he can be in control of your life and I want God in control of my life. I really do. I don't want to sit on my own throne. I want him to sit on the throne. That's the reason why I've never liked it. You ever seen that sign that says, God is my co-pilot? I'm like, oh, you better change scenes, Bubba. God is my co-pilot. I'm like, holy cow. No wonder we're in trouble all the time. You know? God is my co-pilot. No, no, I'm going to sit in the back. Let him drive. Amen. Amen. So if you want 2020 to be different, you have to do some things different. Amen. All right.